Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. I'm joined by one former Rabbitoh, Darren Brown. What's doing, mate? Yeah, g'day, Mavo. How are you? Good, mate. We're minus one today. Yeah, Chaps is uh, living the dream. He's having a, a well-earned week off up there at Airly Beach. I think he's going to travel around the Whit Sundays with the family, so enjoy, Chaps. Wish we were there with you, co-host Chapel. We're certainly missing you, mate. We'll do our best without him. Well, what's on the show, Maver? We recap that 38-20 win over the Eels in Indigenous round. Our guest in the studio is South Young halfback Lachlan Elias. Our remembering a Rabideau is Roy Bell. And we're going to preview Origin 1. Big show. Let's go. In some news for the show, we have made a link-sharing deal with Flashcore.com. And they've got a fantastic site. And we're going to share their site on our episode webpage and also on our homepage from now on. So for all your scores around the grounds, head to Flashcore.com. Com. Yeah, it's not only rugby league either, Mavo. It's a lot of all sports around the world, including the NBA, the English Super League, where we can you know, keep up to date with the likes of uh, Jason Clark and Greg Inglis's team, Warrington, and uh, the English Premier League. And more importantly, the IPL, where we're a big fan of, yep. where I follow the Delhi Capitals. I like to keep up to date with what's going on over there in the IPL and You've got a favourite team as well, Maver. I like the Calcutta Knight Riders. They've got Pat Cummins over there. They're a great Aussie bowler. Well, they're not there at the moment. They've had to come home. Mm, that's right. But who are your favourite players out of the Delhi Capitals? Well, Steve Smith, the former Australian captain, he's usually playing in the IPL over there. But like I said, they've had to come home due to COVID reasons. But the IPL, um, I like Richard Punt. What a great player he is. He destroyed the Aussies. Uh, last time we played him and, mm. you know, he's just a, a great competitor and a great batsman and the Indians love him over there and oh, he's a hero. I love him here. Yeah. He's a hero. Punt, eh? Do you reckon he gambles responsibly? or? Well, I'd say he would. Last week we talked about our favourite Indigenous players and Michael Gibson, who was a big fan of the show, asked me how we could possibly have missed out on the mentioning the great GI. And you're right, Gibber, we definitely should have mentioned Greg Inglis because he is one of the finest Indigenous athletes ever. Not just rugby league. Yeah, definitely. GI was one one of the greats of not only the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but uh, the sport in general. Uh, great Indigenous player. And we also didn't mention Eric Sims and Kevin Longbottom, mm. Lummy. Mm. So there's plenty that missed out. Mm. 
the South Sydney Rabbitohs are full of great Indigenous players, and we've seen some of them in action last night. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Maybe you've got some more news on the Lauriston article that you wrote a couple of weeks ago? Yes, the Legends of Lauriston. Got plenty of feedback, and it's been really rewarding hearing that. I actually spoke to Paco, who we work with, on a social club cruise the other night, and his family, the Puckridges, are in my article, and there's a wharf named after them, Puck's Wharf. And they were a famous fishing family. As it turns out, Paco is a great fisherman as well. He's legendary for spearfishing, and he can stay underwater for three, four, five minutes chasing fish. Wow. And he was also a commercial fisherman, so he kept the family tradition going. So a little bit of communication, and you've got talking about the Lauriston article on the cruise, and you found out all this information. More information, and then some of the people that have been giving me feedback on Facebook, I'll just go through a couple of them. So Kerry Hanna told me that her family lived in 11th Street, and she remembers watching the planes land in the paddock just at the back of the house. So it's a bit like the castle, where there's... The runway was right there. And she said when the Beatles came to town, she remembers the girls camping in their front yard. Wow. Also, Maggie Hope told me that her grandparents lived in a house called Adderwill on Government Road. And she shared with me some priceless images of the deeds to that property. Alan Eastman said, My dad was born at Melrose Street, North Botany, also known as Lauriston Park, in 1908. And he posted some amazing pics of the old home there. Lorraine Apps told me her grandfather was the milkman at Lauriston Park. Joan Gallen said, Steve Maven, the whole article was fantastic. And she had family that lived on 10th Street. Jeff Burt grew up at Lauriston Park. And he said they would kick the footballs in the air and hit the planes. Well, this is a suburb that we has been around for many years and no one's ever spoke about. No one spoke about and it. And now so look at the... Now there's people coming from everywhere. Yeah. And another guy, Brian Lupton, said that Freddie West and his grandfather, Albert Lupton, were both senior trainers for South in the 50s and 60s. And Albert used to run the sauna in the old Chalmers Street Lease Club Wow, for that's years. A, that's amazing. Now, just speaking of Freddie West, my dad used to talk about Freddie West because my dad was a member of the South Sydney Football Club in the late 60s where Freddie was working. But I remember Freddie when we were playing over at Redfern Oval in that little room where the referees used to get rubbed down, mm. and Freddie was massaging the referees before kickoff. There you go. So, so we did, he was working with the referees after the Rabbitohs. And also our global ambassador, Paul Wixie, remembers the sly grog that I mentioned in the story. So there was no bottle shops at Lauriston, but there was a sly grog, and Paul remembers that. Oh, wow. A couple of people would have ventured there, the <laughs> yeah. sly grog. Well, you know, just imagine back in the day, if you couldn't go to the bottle shop like you can now, yeah, if there was a sly grog, you'd be hitting them up all the time. Yeah. So some great feedback there, Mavo, from that article, and that was very well done from yourself, and you put a lot of time and effort into that, and you're getting some really good uh, response from it. But we'll move on from that. Uh, let's recap the Eels game. A great win, 38-20, to 20, and we bounced back in style last night, didn't we? We did, and it was a great day out there. We were out there, and our guest from last week on the show, Luke Carroll, did a great job announcing on the field. And the headline story of our game is that our two Indigenous stars, AJ and Gags, both scored hat-tricks, scoring six out of the seven tries. Yeah. The last three games we played against Para too, we've put at least 38 points on them. So we are putting that club away convincingly. We've really got the wood on them, haven't we? Mm. And that was a top-four clash yesterday afternoon. We were third, they were fourth. 
and we really put them to the sword. So that just sort of shows that we're ahead of that side and we are a worthy contender for this NRL title. Oh, without a doubt. And look, there was a couple of players that we were missing over the past few weeks and they got back together last night. And speaking of Cameron Murray and Latrell Mitchell, I thought they were very two important inclusions over the last two weeks. Anyway, Latrell came back last week and Cameron Murray last night and... We're a different team when them two play together, let me tell you. We're a different side with those two superstars in there and what team wouldn't be. So it's exciting that we've got them back now. Hopefully Cameron gets off this crusher tackle charge, which might cost him a start in Origin 1, but we'll do a little bit of an Origin preview later and talk about that. Yeah, they didn't look too much in it. I didn't see it on the night, but I went home and watched it again. And Look, uh, I don't, there was no intention there or... Uh, it was sort of like he just come over with his arm more more than his whole body. He wasn't the one. There was more than one in the tackle that was doing the crusher tackle. So, look, from what I can see, hopefully he'll get off because he really deserves it, Cam. He works hard on his game. He gives 100% every week and really want to see him in that Origin Arena again. So it was all about our lethal left edge. Well, we can call it the deadly edge from last night. We were just clinical down that side with AJ scoring that hat trick and Gagai as well. And we had 12 line breaks to three, and six of those were from AJ. So we just can get it done down that side, Brownie. Yeah, definitely, mate. I thought we were really good early on. We completed 10 out of 10, and we skipped out to a 10 nil lead. And really, we, we didn't look like we are going to get beat. No. We are always in control, and I thought the... Forwards laid a really good platform for our our silky spine to mm. take control and put on some really nice tries down that left edge. And some of them, AJ went in untouched and they just had no answers for us, the Parramatta Eels. And like you said, it was really good to watch. Well, you mentioned the spine there. And Cookie was back to his very best last night, running the ball, scored that first try, got us on the front foot, mm. 52 tackles, darting out from dummy half. So... When your spine plays good like that, Cookie, Renault had a good game. Oh, I thought he was outstanding, Renault. Cody, Latrell. When they're all playing well, the rest of the team follows. Yeah, Just back to the game, I thought our defence was solid all night. I know they come up with 20 points and Wayne probably won't be happy with that, but all of those tries were scored from fifth tackle kicks, a couple of lucky bounces, so it really mm. proved to the team that that the defence was in order. Yep. And special mentions to Keon, who had a great game on the edge. The ham salad. Ame Saleh came on and that leg drive was good. Big Tommy came off the bench and was good. I thought he was outstanding. Tom Burgess, once again, coming off the bench, a, a new role that he played last night. I thought he bent the, the line back every time that he took a hit up and I thought he was really good. And you just mentioned uh, Damien Cook. I thought they were all outstanding Keon's got to be a chance for New South Wales. Yeah, he might be a bolter. So also, we had a great day out there, Brownie. We were on the field for the pathways, and we spent some time in the media box. So we're getting to know... Yeah, I was on debut there. You were. In the media box. Yeah. And from all reports, you know, you you lived up to your standards with all the sausage rolls, the pies, and the the snakes. The arancini balls come out later. I think you missed that. Yeah, I wasn't there, With the white sauce dip and the the ice cream. I'm trying to look after a little bit of my weight here, Mavo. Yeah, same. And also, we watched the game in the centre-line seats, and there were some former Rabbitohs there, Phil Howlett, Richie McKell, and Manoa Thompson. Gala? Gala was there, Mark Henson. 
And that is because SPA, the South Players Association, are looking after the old boys now and getting them seats at the game. So, so you can see some of the old players at the footy. Yeah, so if there's any old boys out there listening or there's listeners that know the old boys, tell them to get in touch with Steve McDermott yep. and get a couple of free tickets to the next game. Just message us here on Rabbitohs Radio and we'll sort you out. Yeah, you'll be able to go up there, have a couple of beers, watch the footy, mingle with a couple of the former players. It's a great night out at the footy and Newcastle is our next home game. So make sure you get in touch with Steve McDermott. So you mentioned Steve McDermott. We went in one of the boxes and he was in there with Brad Ryder and we met Norman Koshinek, who became our 400th subscriber to our YouTube channel. And the reason for that is because Norman is actually a bit of a famous YouTuber and his YouTube channel is called Eyes on Cricket with Norman Koshinek, and he's got 14,000 followers. And he wants us to cross-pollinate and collaborate with him. And he wants to help us out because he's a bunnies man. And he focuses a lot on, obviously, the cricket and the... We're only the, talking about cricket just before. Yeah. The, he talks about the IPL a lot. That and might work with us because we're fans of the IPL. That might do, exactly. And we actually did a little segment with him that he's going to share on his YouTube channel today. And we'll share that on our episode webpage. So have a look at Norman Koshinek's Eyes on Cricket Channel. And he couldn't believe that we were cricket fans. Yes, that's right. He didn't know that. And so And we're telling him more about the IPL than than he knew. Yeah, that's right. So and some of his videos have got rugby league content where he talks to people in the local area. So it's a good channel. So what we want you to do is go and follow Eyes on Cricket on YouTube. And while you're there, follow Rabbitohs Radio because we want to pump up our subscribers as well. So we've got a special guest here. Norman Koshinek, who has a YouTube channel called Eyes on Cricket with Norman Koshinek. Welcome to the show, mate. A pleasure to be here, guys. Love you guys. So you're a South man. You grew up a South supporter and uh, you played footy as a, as a young bloke? Absolutely. I, I played in the, in the district there for a number of years with the likes of Joe Thomas and Mark Ellison against Craig Coleman, and, you know, Ross Harrington. They're all contemporaries of mine. I even had a game... Because Holy Cross Road when they had the, the likes of Benny Elias and um, Paul Sarah and, and the two guys, we knocked them off at a Commonwealth Bank. I can't believe they figured that. So tell us about this cricket thing that's developed into a, a big following on YouTube, Eyes on Cricket. Well, I've always been involved with cricket uh, media for a good 15 years. And I've known the Indian guys since they were very raw and young. Some of the blokes that are involved now, after 15 years, they're, they're heads of media in India. Anyway, over the summer, there was a, a lack of um, cricket media coverage from India because the Indians could not come to us because of COVID. So they asked me to get involved. And before I knew it, I was covering up some eight or nine channels of, of broadcast in India and suddenly had a very big following with some of my videos going as many as into the millions. And since that point, I've had my own YouTube startup, so it's my YouTube channel, and I just went, went gangbusters. And now I've got a regular program throughout the whole series. It just goes on and on. I have, you know, the likes of... Um, you know, Jeff Thompson's and Doug Waller's on that, and you know, Adam Holyoaks from England, and you know Monty Panasar's and a number of the Indian greats as well. So broadcasting daily to India, and they love the Rabbitohs now. So we were speaking to you about this at the football yesterday. So hopefully we can collaborate together, and you can help us grow our YouTube channel, and hopefully some of our videos go viral like yours in the millions. Why not? There's no reason at all. In fact, there's one premiering today with you guys on at one pm. So we'll see how that starts and we'll, we'll grow from there for sure. That's it. Well, let's hope that one goes gangbusters. That's that's really – we thank you so much for doing that for us as well. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Just with the IPL, it's continuing on as we speak, but without all the Aussies. Is that right? 
Uh, there'll be still some Aussies in there, don't you worry. It's, it's restarting, I think, September 18th, 19th to about October 10th in the UAE. There might be some English and Australian players that may not play, but they'll still have the majority there. and There'll still be an interesting comp. They've, got, they've already played 29 games. They've got 31 to go. It'll be very interesting. And the Cold Cutter Night Riders, Delhi Capitals are in the top four. So there you go. They're, they're a big chance. All right, mate. Thank you for your assistance. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. My pleasure. Talk to you soon, guys. Then at the end of the game, Brownie, Rodney O went down and was presented a jersey by Renault. Yeah, that was uh, that was pre-organised. Rodney O does a lot of work in the Indigenous community and does a lot of work for Renault. He works closely with Renault. I know Renault loves his basketball. Yeah, and Rodney O's got a, a affiliation with the Sydney Kings. So who is Rodney O Brownie for people that don't know? Well, Rodney O used to be the the voice of Sydney Kings, the announcer at the games, and he also worked at uh, the Penrith Panthers when I was there. He was the voice of Sydney Kings from 1988 till 2020. That's 32 years. So anyone who's been to a Sydney Kings game, and we've all been there, I've been to plenty. Yep. Back in the day, what were some of his calls? Like the Steve Carfino and... Yeah, Damien Keogh, 3 when go. he'd shoot a three-pointer. So all the boys went to the Kings game last night. Mm. So I'd say, you know, Rodney O would have had a fair bit to do with that. Mm. I know, you know, Reno is really involved with his basketball and he likes his NBA and... There's been a little bit of negative comments. Just a couple. On our socials uh, about how Renault give it the jumper to Rodney O. Should have mm. went to a kid. But look, it was all pre-organised and Renault does a lot of work with kids as well. So so we're going to share that video on our episode webpage. And you'll hear the young guys screaming out and it happens all the time. So uh, they see Adam Reynolds, Renault, Renault, can you give yeah. me something? Can you give me something? So unfortunately, that uh, the young fella in there, he was screaming out, to Renault that he's desperate to get a jersey. So let's hopefully we can organise one for that young fella at some stage. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, he can't give the jumper to everyone. That's right. Like we said, that was pre-organised to give it to Rodney o. After the game, we did our show at the Pino Members Deck. And thank you to everyone who came up, including our global ambassador, Beck Eakin, with her girls. And they actually won the 2020 signed jersey, which was drawn by none other than Charlie Rabbit. It wasn't a set-up at all. It wasn't a set-up, no. And then the lady that won the the guessing competition, in which she correctly guessed that it was Bob McCarthy after each square was revealed, mm. and she said that her father was one of the founding members of the South Juniors. And then I said, well, ironically, we are sponsored by the Juniors Group of Clubs, and this isn't a set-up either, but another plug in there. But we spoke to the source, Brownie, Josh Mansell. Yeah, it was great to talk to Josh and get a little bit of an insight what what goes on because he was ruled out with the HIA protocol and what goes on during the week with that system. And unfortunately, he failed that, but he'll be right to play next week. Yeah, and no, that was good to talk to him. And it was a good crowd up there. wasn't the best of nights. It was quite chilly. Probably kept a couple of the fans away, but it it's always good when we win. And I did put it to him quite cheekily that Tane Milne had a good game and you might have to fight for your job. And he agreed. He said he did play well. He did play well, Tane. He's taken his chances when they arise. And that's, a, you know, another game that uh, I thought he played outstanding. He had a couple of good runs down that right edge and defended well. And, you know, it's hard to change a winning side. And I thought, 
I'd filmed him scoring a try late in the game. When I was down, ready to film Rodney O getting his jersey, and it was called back, so he was unlucky there. Yeah, I noticed that, and that was a bit of a line ball, that, wasn't it? It you, was. It could have been a try. You were right there. Let's go back to the video and have a look. I'll share that on the episode webpage as well. He's a bit of a stylish too, isn't he, Josh Mantle? He is. We asked him about that, and he said, yes, he does like that. And he's also started a renovation business too. So if you are needing some renos done, look no further than the source. Reno to source. Reno <laughs> to source. We did also speak to Josh Kemp, who is a fanatical member of the borough, and he was there with his niece, who was a lovely young lady. And That was her first game there as well. First game. And I said, well, you'll be going to plenty more games if Uncle Josh has taken you because he goes to them all. And he said, well, actually, I only, I actually only just missed my first away game since 2010 last year. So oh. he travels a lot. Yeah, well, when you come to think of it, New Zealand, North Queensland, Brisbane, Canberra, Melbourne. Mm. All them games in one year. Mm. Geez, he must have a good boss. He must. A couple of Mondays off. I wonder if he's got frequent flyer points. He'd have plenty. Yeah. Shout out to you, Josh. And our next show will be after the bye, June 12, when we take on the Knights. So rug up if it's going to be cool and stay back and come up to the p members deck and you might see a special guest and you, your kids can sing Glory Glory oh, with glory. Charlie Rabbit yep. on the stage. Let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Lachlan Ilias in the studio with us. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Um, so I live in Five Dock. So I grew up in the inner west of Sydney. My junior footy is the Leichhardt Wanderers. So I stayed at pretty local in the Balmain comp. Um, and I went to Trinity Grammar School. So also pretty local in Ashfield. Is that a rugby league school? No, rugby union actually. Oh, so, okay. Yep. Yeah, so I pretty much played rugby union just for school. Um, and I played league on Sundays. So union Saturdays, league Sundays, all through high school. Yeah, well, similar, I did that myself when I was at South Sydney High. It was a rugby union school, and I feel like you probably agree with this, that you get different skills from both games that you can yep. take to your game now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mate, you just mentioned uh, you come through uh, playing the juniors at Leichhardt Wanderers. And yep. What about the Harold Mats and the S3 ball? Did you come through playing with Balmain? Yeah, yeah. So I first tried out for the Harold Mats Balmain in under-15s. Like for I was 15 playing in the under-16s, and I didn't actually make the team. I was... Kind of gutted about that. So then I turned up next year, made the team, and was lucky enough to play a few good games. And Freddie Fittler was watching a few of them and sort of forced my way into the New South Wales Academy side. I didn't end up playing the Origin, but um, but it was good to be in that sort of system. Yeah. And then I also played SG both 17s and 18s with our main Tigers, yep. What about some of the players you played with coming through them, that pathway system? Yeah, a lot of them still play... For Tigers, West Tigers on the 20s now. Um, I played with Alex Safarth for yeah. the West Tigers. But I also played a lot of against a lot of people like Frankie Pele, who's playing um, debuting this weekend for Sharks. Oh. Egan Butcher, who debuted last night for Roosters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of boys that have come through. They're all starting to come through yeah, and get yeah. their opportunities now. Yeah. 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 So we were at the football yesterday yeah. and we saw you out there. Yeah. And I spoke to your dad, Arthur. He's mm-hmm. a good bloke. Yeah. And he told me a story about how you broke your leg in the Australian Championships. Yeah. Can you tell me what happened there? Yeah, so 
when I was in year 11 at school, um, my mate just messaged me on a Thursday night, I think, and said, asked me if I wanted to play sevens. And it was like the New South Wales Championship for sevens. So I just messaged my mate and a couple of other boys who sounded pretty keen to play. So we just sort of made a side on the Thursday night and ended up playing on the Saturday and Sunday. And we ended up winning the championship off a team that had never played sevens before. (laughs) And we all got sort of recognised there and got picked to make the New South Wales team, which was going to play in the national championships. Mm. Um, So we trained for that and ended up going up to... Brisbane to play in the national championships and end up winning that tournament as well and in the grand final on the Sunday in Brisbane I actually woke up with food poisoning so I was vomiting all night and it was just the grand final that day so I was so the coach was like do I play him do I not so I ended up starting just to see how long I could go and then he just pulled me off when I'm buggered and I pretty much I took the last run because I was I was tired as and I took the last run and offloaded the ball and someone landed on my leg and I broke my fibula oh, um, up in there in Brisbane yeah and I, yeah it was I was yelling in pain um, yeah it was excruciating we went straight to hospital and they put a cast on my leg and they said yeah it's fine to fly home so ended up getting a flight that night back to Sydney got home and. I don't know if it was the plane that done something, yeah. but I don't think the cast was big enough. <laughs> so yeah. my leg just got Swirled. massive inside yeah. this cast that we couldn't take off. Oh. Oh. Um, so I was in excruciating pain that whole night. Went to the a specialist on the Monday morning and said, we've got to go to get you to hospital straight away. Yeah. Like You might have compartment syndrome in your leg. Mm. So I got, went to hospital, cut the cast off, stayed at hospital overnight. Everything was sweet. Yeah. Was a broken fibula and a bit of nerve damage, so I actually can't feel a bit of feeling in my big toe oh, and wow. in my ankle. Yeah. And yeah, so I did all my, all my rehab at Tigers at West Tigers. I was training at the under twenties at the time, and done all my rehab there. And they didn't think that I could completely recover from that injury, so they sort of just I was just doing my rehab. I said I was fine, like. I was training, running, and they ended up signing someone else in the halves after saying that they had big plans for me mm. at the Tigers. So that was a bit disappointing. But then ended up playing the rest of my year 12 rugby union at school. Enjoyed, loved schoolboy rugby. Mm. Um, and then South sort of came up after that. Well, the Tigers lost in our game, mate. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, we're, we're happy to have you on board here. You so, just mentioned uh, before uh, your dad, Arthur. and Yeah. How good is it to have a supportive family? Yeah, my dad, dad's been massive. Um, he grew up playing footy in the eastern suburbs. Uh, he played for Pato Willara. Oh, yeah? Um, he always claims that he was pretty good himself, yeah. but I don't think he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we might have to dig up some footage of uh, the old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, mum's loves footy as well. Comes to every game, really supportive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's unreal yeah, to have that, a family that's like great, that, mate. That's yeah, and great. I think you just went on a holiday with the missus. I, was, we, I yeah. saw on your socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you, you got a su- supportive partner there yep. as well. Yeah, yeah. So my girlfriend's from New Zealand, so she came over two years ago, and I pretty much met her within the first month when she came here. So, so yeah, I've been over twice to New Zealand for a trip, and I love it there. It's mm. it's just relaxing. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it's I, definitely a place I want to go. It's on the bucket mm, list of mm. holidays, and at the moment, it's one of the only places we can yeah, bloody yeah, go yeah. anyway, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, so yeah. yeah, so and just yesterday, I noticed you running the ball and you're putting that big left foot step in. So the mm. legs good now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The legs hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with my leg. They're just as good as each other, or just as bad as each other, whatever you want to say. It. <laughs> yeah, mate. We also uh, got the opportunity to talk to your manager, Braith. We yep. sat with Braith for you know ten minutes watching mm. the game. And uh, how important is Braith uh, yeah. to your game? Braith's been unreal. So I signed with Braith and Serious Sports, which is the management company. I think in April 2020, and ever since then they've been huge to me. So obviously the COVID was pretty hard because mm. we didn't have any games right. um, last year so we sort of took it up to go to the field each week and he'd teach me stuff do some kicking uh, running passing mm. and just get an insight into what I need to do to get better mm. um, and I thought that was unreal for him to take time out of his job yes um, for me and I'm still utilizing those skills now yeah, so he's been massive. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's I good. Mean, we never had that in our day, Brownie. Like, we had Megsy Greg Willett, and there's no way he'd be running out yeah. in the field with us. <laughs> yeah. and, um, or Big Wayne Beavers. Yeah, or Chimes. I don't yeah. think Chimes has put on, on the shorts anytime soon. The great Steve Gillis. Yeah. Shout out to you, mate, that you are a champion. But That's a good a good thing about uh, Braith. He's only got a small team yeah. of players, and, yeah. and he can put a lot of energy and focus on, on mm. yourself. And Braith's been there and done that, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's exactly. very beneficial for mm. yourself. So. Does he get you out on the golf course at all, mate? Yeah, yeah, I love golf. Yep. Um, he's also very good at golf. Yeah. Um, so I've played with him once before. We played at St. Michael's because that's where he's a member at. Yep. Good but track, was, very yeah, good track. lovely track. But it was real windy, so we ended, only ended up playing nine holes and we'd call it quits. Oh, a tough yeah. course in the wind out tough. there. Yeah. And I suppose you've heard all about the hole-in-one he got recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bit there of carry-on. So I'll say, I think your dad told me a story that you were coached by Steve Edmed, and yep. I, I actually played with Steve Edmed in the New South Wales under-19s, mm. way before you were born, I think it was. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, so he he's a good coach? Yeah, unreal coach. Yep. So I... Balmain boy, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm best mates with Steve's son, oh. Tane, who's at the Waratahs right now um, okay. in the squad. So, so, yeah, so I first met Steve when I played cricket with his son in the under-10s. And the following year, that's when I went to Leichhardt Wanderers because I wanted to get, we thought it was good to get coached by him, mm. by Steve. Yep. And ever since then, um, he's been a massive part, pretty much got to got me all through my development um, and helped me along the way. And it was funny at training, we always used to practice passing right, left to right, which is growing up always everyone's bad side. The weak side. Yeah, yeah, the weak side. So... Yeah. It was good that he always done that mm. during practice. Well, that's sort of genius, isn't it? Because yeah. I know, you know the modern footballer needs to be able to pass on both sides mm. and kick both feet, mm. you know, preferably. And Especially yeah. playing in the halves as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And I think maybe that might be a Warren Ryan thing as well, the, the, yeah. great, the great coach that, that brought that in. Yeah so. yeah. so you're captain of the Jersey flag team. And you had a yeah. good win yesterday? It was ugly, but yeah, we had a good win. The coach said after the game, you know you're doing something right when we didn't play our best, but we're still winning. Mm. Um, everyone knew that that was far from our best performance on the field, especially coming off a really good win last week against the Panthers. Um, so 
yeah, it's we're doing something right, and it's only can we can only get better from here. Mate, there was a try disallowed late in the game. I thought it was a try off a nice little kick from yours. Yeah, yeah, that would have sealed the game. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, it was it was it was a good kick with a good chase. Um, I don't actually know who was offside. Yeah, mm. um, I haven't looked at the footage yet, but yeah, it would have been nice to get that try. Yeah, that's right. And the try that did win it was yeah. from a a young man called Kendall Fay and. Mm. Chaps just sent us through a video of him, our co-host Chaps, and he said he looks impressive, and the way he moves is amazing, and he's got some, he's got great speed. Yeah, so he's a good player at there at the fullback. Yeah, yeah. So I only met him a few weeks ago um, when he came into the side against the Sharks. I think he's a coast boy. I think he's from yep. the coast. Yep. But yeah, ever since he's come in, he's been massive with that jockey role out the back, sweeping at the fullback. He's got some good light feet, um, and showed some good toe yesterday. To mm. get in the clear and finish off the game. You mentioned uh, you've just met him. Uh, due to the fact that we've had a lot of injuries through the club over the last few weeks, there's been a couple of boys that have been called up from the, mm. the SG Ball squad. Yeah. Yeah, so the first one I seen was Josiah, the centre. Carapani. Yeah, Carapani. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't know who he was or what he could do, but he's quickly shown me what he can do. And I think he's got a massive future at the club. He's a big unit. He can score yeah, a try, can't he? He can't score a try. And also, he's got I think a big he's, TikTok he's, following. He's got a big following. He's got 30,000 <laughs> followers on TikTok. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> so he's, a, he's a, quite a famous guy as well. So what about some of your other mates in the Pathways program? Yes, I'm quite close with Blake Taff and Pete Mamazelos. So I'll actually lock him next to Taff at um, Redfern at training. And Pete's on the other side, but he's, he wants to be... He's always trying yeah. to come across. Yeah. So yeah, we grew up playing. Obviously, won the comp together in nineteen, uh, Jersey flag, and last year uh, during COVID, we had we had no training, so we went to Erskineville two, three times a week, just to keep our ball handling up, um, our skills up, and fitness, and we trained there. So uh, we really have haven't left each other since we started training together in at the end of. Oh, at the start of 2019, so mm. it's been a good journey. Yeah, and Pete scored a good try yesterday. He's yeah. a he's a he's not real big, but he's he's yeah. tough, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's good through the middle. I think he was playing lock at the time yesterday when he scored. Um, so it was, it was good to have that extra sort of ball player in the middle. But yeah, he's a really good dummy half. And I think Blake was starting to find his feet mm. yesterday. He he moved quite well in the yeah. in the cup game. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he's back. Second, yeah, second game back and. Yeah, you, you'll need a couple of runs under mm. his belt to, to get back to full fitness. Yep. But, mate, you just mentioned Erskineville Oval. Yeah. No names across the road. Do you get get over there much? I actually, the first time I went was a few weeks ago before oh, it like. was my cup debut. New South Wales Cup. Yeah, had a big, that, that big schnitzel with pasta. Oh, the Noe's yeah. food. You yeah. can't beat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there used to be a famous one at the Friend in Hand at Glebe mm. back in the day. So, yeah, we've been going there for years and years, the old, yeah. old no-names. And... That's Erskineville Bowling Club right across mm. the road from yeah. the, the ground there. And yep. Justin Carroll there, a good mate of ours, he's yep. put one of our banners up right out the front. So you'll, oh, be, you'll see the uh, <laughs> yeah. Rabbitohs Radio, the official podcast of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, can be found on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. It so. used to be a ritual, <laughs> didn't it? Go to Noe's the night before the game. It and did. Have a it combo, did. big combo. Yeah, yeah, and it still is. So, you know, it's a lot of footballers, they, we'd go to train and then go to for a no-name's feed after. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned earlier that you've got a locker at Redfern Oval. Does yep. that mean you're training in the top 30 squad? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a development. I'm on the development contract this year. Um, so yeah, it's re- it's been really good. Being full time, training with the boys, 
from preseason every day, pretty much. And the players around me, it's unbelievable. Like, mm. obviously, you've got Benji Marshall, um, Cody, Reno, Latrell, mm. um, and the coaching staff, Benny Hornby, JD, who have both halfbacks in their time. I'm just. That's pretty exciting. Stop, yeah, never stop learning. Yeah. yeah. You're pretty lucky to be a goal kicking half to be learning from a guy like Reno, who's one mm. of the greatest goal kicking halves of yeah. all time. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. His goal kicking is unbelievable. Um, I remember I, used to, I asked him, I think last year, like, do you even practice? Because I don't see him practicing anymore. And he's yeah. like, nah, I don't practice anymore. I, but when I was your age, I non-stop practice. And I think it's just built in his in his muscle memory. So he just knows how to yeah, right. kick a goal. Yeah. So you're a gun goal kicker. But in your Jersey Fleck team, yeah. there's a winger called Lathan Hutchison-Walters who yes. is an even better goal kicker, yeah. supposedly, because he's got the job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a few weeks ago, I sort of, I hurt my ankle, my right ankle. I sort of rolled it in the sharks, and I took my first goal kick, and I sprayed it hard, and I was like, Lathan, you kick, because I know you can kick. Yeah. Mm. Um, and ended up kicking that day. I don't think he missed one, and last week he kicked again from Penrith. That was my first game back from my ankle injury. I had a couple of weeks off. And he didn't miss one either. So, and then mm. last week I sort of had a hip injury put up on mm. Wednesday, a bit sore. So, I didn't even um, think about goal kicking this weekend. I just thought yeah. I'd just play footy and not worry about goal kicking. So, from what you're telling me, mm. you're the number one goal kicking choice, <laughs> and he's just filling in for you until <laughs> you get get right. I'd say we're both we're both up there. I think it matters on form. He's goal kicking well at the moment. Yeah, he um, kicked one from the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, just in front of us. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll see how it goes. He's kicking well, so I probably yeah. won't take that off him anytime soon. Yep. Mate, uh, we mentioned the great man Adam Reynolds just yep. earlier, and uh, he's leaving us at the end of the year. Yeah. Big plans for yourself and Blake Taft, Dean Hawkins, uh, mm-hmm. to come in and fill that role. Yeah. What are you doing to to get up to that level? Um, I'm just trying to learn something new every day. Um, learning off Benji, learning off Reno, Cody, just watching them train, um, training against them. You know, we train against them every day. So just trying to see what they do, how they control the team, how they kick in, what, trying to get into their mind about what they're thinking and mm. different plays. But yeah, it's been, it's been real interesting to see how everything's unfolded with Reno. You know, I really want to see him and South win the comp this year. Mm. Yep. That would so be unreal. We. So yeah. do we. So it must give you a lot of confidence that the club is sticking by you and there could be a future with you at the Rabbitohs? Yeah, hopefully. Um, that's the goal. Um, I love South and that's where I want to play my footy. Um, so, so yeah, to for them to believe in me and to for me to be there next season, um, hopefully wear the number seven jersey, um, push for that spot. I'm really excited mm. for them to have their trust in me. Yeah, it's all yeah. about working hard and being consistent, yeah. mate. And That's it. Yeah, and, and there may be, you know, some added pressure to that, the expectations. But all you can do is what you're doing is play footy, yeah. try and learn from yeah, yeah. some of these great players, and do your best. Yeah, hundred percent. So, besides being a gun, young football goal kicking half, <laughs> what do you like doing <laughs> besides footy, mate? Uh, I love playing golf. So I'm a golfer. I like to play at least once a week. So I'm a member at Strathfield Golf Club. In the in Stratfield, so it's good course that yeah, one. Yeah, nice course. Yeah, yeah, they've just done it up. Um, yeah. The clubhouse is real nice. Mm. I think that's quite new as well. Yes. So I play with my schoolmates every week. I'm trying to get my handicap down to single figure figures by the end of this yeah. year. Right. Yeah. I'm close. I'm at. What do you play off? I'm playing at 13 now. Wow, that's yeah. good. That's so, yeah. good. 
Yeah, that, and I'm trying to get down from in the twenties to the teens. So you're ahead of me. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll have to go for a hit one day. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, before we let you go, we do our spotlight on the Pathways program. Yep. So as soon as our, you're one of our Pathways stars, would you mind sticking around for that? Hundred percent. All right, let's do that. We will go straight into our spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel. And yesterday, I met. Geordie Coolitz, who's the nephew of longtime South trainer Terry Coolitz. And he was a ball boy since 2016, but now he's a ball boy coordinator. So he's a he's a nice young bloke, Brownie. Yeah, he's a good fellow. I've seen him a couple of times yesterday myself and big supporter of the podcast as a listener and ball boy coordinator. So he's he's telling the young kids what to do now where he used to be a ball boy himself. So he once again speaking from experience. And he wants to get into physiotherapy. So his uncle Terry is a chiropractor, well-known chiropractor in the Maribra area. But yeah, so sort of same sort of field. You know Terry, Loggy? No, I don't know no, Terry. Terry's no. a, the chiropractor for the Rabbitohs. He works a lot on the sideline and he's got his own practice in Maribra. So Actually, yeah, I think I do know Terry. So he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a trainer. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, always yeah, on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been at South since we were there in 1989. Yeah, yeah. doesn't look good. He's, he looks after yeah, himself, Tezzer. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's ageing at all. Well, he's probably one of the longest-serving staff members yes. in the Rabbitohs till mm. today, him and, yeah. him and Dr. McDonald. Next time you see him, tell him you know us, he'll look after you. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so we're talking about the Pathways program. We've had Joe O'Callaghan in here and explained the setup. But just take us through what you train as a group on Mondays, at Erskineville Oval? Uh, so being on a rookie contract, I'm actually at full-time training with the NRL from all week. And so me and Pete only go to the captain's run um, for the under-20s. So, so yeah, we're pretty much just learning on the go. We do a video about how we're going to play on the weekend on Wednesday or Thursday and going to the captain's run sort of with that knowledge and prepare for the game. So the beauty about... The club itself and the structures they've got in place mm. all the way down from the jersey flag all the way up to the top grade, all the systems are the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think the jersey flag train three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, but they're all sort of connected. So I see Joe, the co- jersey flag coach, most days, and he's always at Redfern um, with his role of uh, recruitment. And so we're always talking about how we're going to play on the weekend, uh, what we can do better, how we can help the team out. So, yeah, it's, it's been really good. Well, I went behind the scenes last week when you had that win at Iron Mark High Performance Centre. And Joe's a good coach. He's yeah. he's very wise and he's mm. he's quite calm and he's got he knows what he's he's doing in the, yeah. as that coaching role, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't beat around the bush. If he if you're not playing well, he'll tell you you're not playing well. Um, so. At halftime, he gave us a bit of a spray against Penrith because we were up 12-6. I think we were sort of getting a little bit too comfortable um, about how we were playing, and he was saying it's, that's only one half. Like, there's a whole other half to play. Um, so we really had to stay with what was working and keep grinding out that game and end up getting a good win. I think we put 40, 40 on Penrith. It was a great win. It was yeah. great to be there and watch you. And Joe actually said after the game, we said it last week, that it's good that you're winning now, but you want to be performing at the end of the season as well. So don't get yep. ahead of yourself. Just yep. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And also, have you had much to do with Jan Earl? She does some good work yeah. with the pathways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely lady. Lovely lady. Um, I know Jan quite well. She's always popping in our change room at training every day, 
keeping the boys on their toes, keeping everyone accountable. She makes sure the boys do something away from footy. Um, so I'm at uni, and I know she chases a lot of boys up mm. for something on the along those lines. Yeah, I, oh, I met right. Jan a long, long time ago. Yeah, uh, at Leichhardt Wanderers. Oh yeah, she, she was a member of the Leichhardt Wanderers club. Yeah, it's where my boys. Started their footy career yeah. at the Wanderers down there. And, uh, yeah, she's a great lady. Mm. So yeah. her role is, like, to ensure the mental health side of, yeah. the, of the players. and But not she goes above and beyond, though, doesn't yeah. she? She does more than just what's the stock standard requirement for 100%, her role. 100%, yeah. So she's she's always following up people. Like, she, I think she cares a bit um, about us more than we care about ourselves at some times. So um, she's been unreal at the club so far. Um, and I think all the boys have benef- benefited from her. What are you doing at uni, mate? I'm doing sport and exercise management at UTS. How many days a week is that? I just one. So ever since I came full-time, rugby league, I've been doing one subject a semester. My previous two years, I was full-time at uni. So I was doing four subjects a semester. So that was all I did pretty much. So being a full-time player, mm. how does that work with uni? Because obviously your days change. Yeah depending on what day you play. Yeah. So do you just pick a day that you can go to uni? and? Yeah, so I've been lucky that uni's been online this year because of oh. the COVID last year. They sort of changed some some courses to online, mm. some classes. So, yeah, it's been they've been really good. Uh, UTS, um, I'm on the, like, the athlete program, so they're, they're even more flexible um, cool. to fit my training schedule. And yeah. so I could pick a time that worked for me. And that's that time sort of works each week. And if I can't make that, um, I just send them an email, and they're pretty they're pretty good with all that stuff. Mm. So is that going to tie in with your plans for the future? Have you got a goal or somewhere you want to be, a role you want to play? Uh, I haven't really made up my mind yet. First grade for the next ten years, mate. <laughs> yeah, then after that, <laughs> so yeah, maybe coaching or in in administration and sport or something. Yeah. So the course that I'm doing sort of. There's a lot of branches that it could go on to. It could go into like physio or there's a management side. So there's like a bit of business or like a player manager that could be on the cards. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I can do, but I'm just I'm just trying to finish it first and hopefully something pops up on the way yeah, um, no, that interests good, me. Yeah. Well, like the great Joe Callahan says, don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Just worry about what's in front of you. Well, that's something that we didn't have, Mavo, back in the day. No. You know, we started off and footy wasn't, full-time professional back then so we had to have a job and yep. once it did turn professional there was none of these courses that were available mm. I mm. mean they were probably available but mm. we just didn't right. apply to them and now we're down on the waterfront doing yeah. a podcast and <laughs> no, no, that's right <laughs> so just play what's in front of you eyes yeah. up footy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lachlan Ilias thank you for joining us no on Rabbitohs Radio thanks boys good on you mate good on you mate you're a legend so there you go listeners Great chat with Lachlan Ilias, and it was interesting too, and he's going to have a big future at the club. Yeah, he's a great young kid. He speaks well. He works hard on his game, and the good thing about it, he's got Brayton Astor in his corner, one of the all-time greats of the game, and also Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Latrell Mitchell, like he mentioned. So, you know, he's going to learn along the way, and he could be our future at number seven. Yeah, that's right, but like I said, don't let the pressure get to you. Just keep doing what you're doing. He's doing everything right. And and I think he was up at the Churchill's Lounge yesterday. Garlo interviewed him up there. And yeah, he's a, an impressive young guy. And I'm glad he came on for the chat on the show. Yeah, he's a great young kid. And uh, good luck for the rest of the year, Lockie. 
and we just asked him before we left. It is a buy for the NRL, but he'll be playing flag against the Dragons at Ironmark High Performance Centre this Saturday in the triple header. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Export Freight Systems. We support Aussie manufacturers. If you're thinking of selling, contact NG Farrah Real Estate and tell them Rabbitohs Radio sent you. We are proudly supported by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Join the Juniors Fitness Centre today for just nineteen ninety five direct debit. This is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs home away from home. The place to play while the bunnies are away. And during the week, some media was released about the Heffron Centre. And there was a flyover of the new Heffron Park development and some pics. And we released those on our socials and had plenty of views. A lot of people very interested in that. And it looks sensational, the setup. So it's going to be a real focal point for the community. There's going to be cafes and there's going to be a new gymnasium for the gymnasts and basketball courts. And also, more importantly, it's going to be the new home of the Rabbitohs. They're calling it the Maribra Borough, but there was a little bit of controversy in that because it's, in it's actually in Maxville. <laughs> across the road from Hillsdale. Mm. and But anyway, it's in the area. It's going to be good. And another thing for us is that they're going to be building a sound studio in there that we might be able to utilise for this very podcast. Yeah, geez, it looks like a great establishment. and I can't wait for it to be built. I'm sure the Rabbitohs can't either. The whole community will be involved. Correct. This is Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems. And this week it is Rabbitoh number 1022, Roy Bell. Roy was born on the 30th of August, 1984, in Sydney. His height was 165 centimetres, 5 foot 5, weight 65 kilos, 10 stone 3, and he played mostly on the wing. There wasn't much of him, Brownie. Oh, geez, he was a lightweight. And to, you know, play first grade at that weight... Jeez, he must have been tough. He could have rode at Randwick on Saturday, rode the top weight, 65 kilos. That's yeah. what the yeah. top weights carry yeah. at Randwick. The jumps jockeys. Yeah, the, well, the jumps, but he could have jumped in the sauna, mm. lost a couple of kilos couple and rode at 61. In the sauna there at Chalmers Street. Coogee. Oh, yeah. Char- <laughs> what is it, Coogee Diggers? Coogee Diggers, yeah. All the jockeys get down there. And- yeah, they used to, yeah. Yeah. So Roy had two seasons with South. In 2004, he played four first-grade games and scored four tries. In 2005, he played five first-grade games and scored three tries. So a total of nine first-grade for seven tries. But he also kicked one goal in his career, one goal from two attempts, and that was versus the Dragons at the SCG. So he's got a 50% career strike rate, Brownie. Yeah, one from two. It's not a bad effort. It's quite hard to kick goals in first-grade. It is. I've missed a couple. Yeah. Very daunting when you're lining up a, a goal kick, especially back in the day when you're a toe poker. Mm. These days they're around the corner and they're very accurate. But I missed a couple from in front. Really? <laughs> not, not the best feeling. I bet that was embarrassing. Yeah, definitely. Mm. You're running down, you're running back with your head down, but you just got to get on with the job, don't you? Well, Roy only missed one in his career, and let's hope it was from the sideline or something and not, not like Well, they're the easy front. ones. <laughs> You're not, you're not supposed to kick them. There, there you go. So Roy's previous club was Tabulam, a rural village in far northeast New South Wales, between Tenerfield and Casino on the Clarence River. So yeah, he was from up beautiful part of New South Wales. 
Now, Roy made his debut in round 23, 2004, against the Cowboys up at Dairy Farmers Stadium, and he actually scored a try on debut in a 22-36 loss. And so he only played four games that year, but scored four tries, scoring a double in his third appearance for the Bunnies. Yeah, it was a try-scoring machine, basically. Mm. A very lightweight, like we said before, and played on the wing. It was very exciting. He had a bit of a cult following yeah, because he was so light and playing NRL at the top level. So, mm. you know, to Roy, I, I take my hat off to him. He's, he was a great young kid. I had a little bit to do with him. I was what, the blue running the blue shirt back then, and um, you know he gave it all, and probably couldn't sustain playing at the top level at that lightweight. So, mm. but yeah, to score a try on debut happens a lot these days. If mm. you're a punter mm. and someone's making their debut, get on and to score a try any time. Sawali so couldn't do it. Big raps on him there. He did score last night. Last night, and the Evil Empire's win over the Raiders. But we're not going to talk about that. No way. But yeah, so Roy developed Chaps that. wouldn't want to do that. No. So Roy developed that cult following because he would tackle players twice his size. He was tough. And that brings back memories of a player like Ivan Jones who used to do that as well. He was only a little fella, but he put himself on the line. And There's only been a couple of little fellas that could do it. Mm. Alfie Lang is another one. Tuvi. Jeff Tuvi. So there hasn't been too many small blokes to come through and have a long career in the NRL. But the ones that do... Geez, they're good players. Then he was released by South, aged just 20, due to homesickness, and returned to the north coast of New South Wales, where I think he's now living up around the Grafton area. And a good mate of ours, David McAlini, he knows Roy, and Macca was a trainer at South when he was there, just like you. Mm. And yeah, he said he's a great young player, and he's seen him play in the LS7s knockout a couple of times. So he still has a bit of a run. I still believe he plays in the Indigenous knockout, the Curry knockout. Mm. So, you know, he still still gets around and he's a good fella. And he's played for Casino, Northern United and South Grafton. And he's won a Group 2 Premiership up there in 2015. So there he is, Roy Bell. He only played nine games, but... He made he, an impact. He made an impact. He's remembered it and he was Rabbitoh 1022. Yeah, good on you, Roy. If you're listening to the show, mate, shout out to you. Let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Now, I just want to wish Ken Smith a happy birthday for last week. Big happy birthday to Charlie, the big listener of the show, and a great real estate agent as well. Ken Smith is. He's achieving some great results at the moment. So if you're thinking of selling or buying, give Ken Smith a call. And mention you know Darren Brown or Steve Maven and you'll just get that little bit extra special service. Yes, you will. Okay. Origin selection, Mavo. It's on tonight, 6pm. The team will be selected. What are your thoughts? Well, firstly, Origin 1 is a bit up in the air. It looks like it's going to be moved from the MCG because of this shit COVID crisis up to Townsville, up there. I'm hearing it's probably 90%. Mm. Yeah, because the news isn't good down there in bloody Mexico, is it? They've. It's just a never-ending thing, this, and it's just a... Well, we just hope we can get on top of it one day. This vaccine, this vaccine does the job and 
population is becomes more immune to it. But yeah, it's, at the moment, it's not happening. The outbreaks seem to happen where there's going to be a big event, mm. and State of Origin is the next big event in Melbourne. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be moved from the MCG and taken up to Townsville. So you've already jumped on what if it's Aussie for travel, Brownie, and book some accommodation up there. So you're planning on it being on. I definitely have. I've got the inside information that the game will be in Townsville. I've booked my flights, I've booked my accommodation, and I'm off to State of Origin. Queensland have a few injury concerns with their superstar, Cameron Munster, in serious doubt, as well as Harry Grant. And although Ponga returns today, he's got to get through today to prove his fitness. Yeah, well, Cameron Munster and Harry Grant didn't play on the weekend but I'm hearing that they're going to be available for state of origin selection. And good luck to them. Uh, like you said, Kalen Ponga returns today. If Cameron Munster happens to fail the medical, does Ponga play 5-8? There you go. But what about this Queensland mob? It's a new era for them. We've spoken about it before. But they produce Cameron Munster, Harry Grant and Kalen Ponga. So they're going to be... a they're going to be a great side for years to come. They're always going to be a formidable enemy to the Blues, aren't they? Definitely are, and they've got a big nursery of great talent up there, mm. north of the border. Well, they've never had the same nursery as us, but, but they always seem to just get the job done. Well, once again, we've spoke about it before on the show. It's called that Queensland spirit, so they say. I'm off the Queensland spirit. I'm sick of hearing about it. So let's talk about the Blues. Well, it worked last year. Oh, didn't it? What? If Cody Walker stays on that field in the last 15 minutes, I reckon we get the chocolate. We could have got the, we would have won the series, That's not right. just the game. Yeah. So what about Cody? Is he going to be the 5'8", Brownie? I think his selection will be warranted after last night's performance. I thought he was really well. I thought he played really well last night mm. on the back of you know the forwards laying a, a great platform, which all the forwards usually do in Origin, mm. and he's the incumbent player. True. And, you know, by all reports, if uh, if Freddie sticks to his guns, Cody should get the nod. Because after we played Penrith, what would Freddie have been thinking as far as who was going to play at 5-8? There's a couple of options there. Obviously, Luluai, clear he's going to be number seven, isn't he? Mm. So the, does he go with the combination of Luluai? They're undefeated. Well, they are, and they play a great brand of footy, but Origin is another level. There's another arena. Mm. Jack Whiten is another option that he can go with. Mm. I know Freddie likes to take big bodies into origin. Mm. It's like the wing wing position. You know, Brian Toho is one of the form wingers, mm. but will they go with him because he's not a big body? Mm. Do they go with Daniel Tupu, mm. who's that big, long, rangy player who can come out of trouble, you know, with them tough carries? But Toho does that as well. It's just a matter of whether, you know, they like the, a bit of height on the wing. So a couple of selection dilemmas there. Uh, the one of the areas that they are a little bit short on is edge back rowers. And does that bring our very own Keon Kalamatangi into contention? Well, he wouldn't look out of place. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, he's doing everything right. So maybe we'll see the Savo. Mm. Is it Luai or Luluai? Did you L- add it? Did, Luai. Oh, okay. Luai. I thought you might have added an extra syllable there, but oh, that's all right. Luai. He might be your uh, Jason Tomalomo. You can't <laughs> even say it now. No, I was trying to say it. You said it. Tomalolo. That's him. Anyway, uh, Latrell Mitchell, I think, will be a certain starter mm-hmm. in the centres. 
And I think Damien Cook will get the nod. He's done enough. And once again, he hasn't failed at the origin level. Yeah, well, there was some talk that they might go with Coruscant because they're undefeated. And I can, he- I can hear that. But we were talking about it before. One of the reasons for Queensland's success over all these decades has been their pick-and-stick policy. Mm. And a player might not be performing that well at club level, but he's the incumbent, so he keeps his job. That's right. And we have fallen into that trap, and we're already doing it again, saying, oh, let's get rid of Cody for mm. Jerome. And unless look, we can understand the arguments on both sides. Unless they've failed in the Origin Arena, I think they should stick with, with the players that were doing the job. Look, club form comes into it uh, a little bit of consideration, but we've won nine out of 12 games, so we're doing something right. Mm. Okay, we got beat by Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and Penrith, you know, two weeks ago. Mm. But Cody's form before that, you know, even against Penrith, he was one of our better players. Mm. And I think Cody's one of the form five-eighths of the competition. He is indeed. And the Blues get back superstar Tommy Turbo. How good is he going? What a player. Oh, what? How, the, you know, just the difference one player can make to a team, and that's what I think Cam Murray does to our team, mm. and we've seen that last night. Yeah, so we lost Cam last year to injury, and the Blues suffered. We lost Cam at the Rabbitohs, and they suffered. Well, Look what go. happens when he comes back yesterday. So, yeah. you know, he's only one player, but he's a fair player. Well, he's just got that ability to make all the players play good around him. He, he just... He leads by example. Mm. You know, his, his actions speak louder than his words, let me tell you. Well, we have had his words on the podcast too, so thanks for coming on the show, Cameron Murray, and we'll get you back on soon because the fans love hearing from our superstar forward. Okay, so we say it all the time, but please rate and review. Subscribe to us on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's very important, guys. Take us away, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel.